You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, winner of the Share Care Emmy Award for Social Storytelling and the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and today and for the next few episodes, we're going to talk about static stretching and other kind of flexibility protocols. And there's some interesting things. You use flexibility for, I don't know, multiple different things. A lot of times flexibility can be uh, used to improve range of motion, but does it? For pain reduction, but does it? For performance outcome, but does it? So we're going to start looking at that. And uh, as we go through and start exploring some of the things about static stretching, we'll also address some other types of stretching. We'll address neuromuscular stretching, sometimes called PNF. So neuromuscular stretching or neuromuscular facilitation, sometimes referred to as proprioceptive neuromuscular facilitation, which we don't use, we just say NF. And then there's another phrase, muscle energy techniques, uh, a static stretch, and they'll have a static component to each of those oftentimes. And uh, we'll see what kind of turns out better for what reasons. But today we're gonna explore static stretching and really just try to identify some information about whether or not it does really increase range of motion. Now, I don't know about y'all, but when I was a kid, and this is an age-related thing you have to know to know, there was a movie star named Jean-Claude Van Damme. And on the screen, he beat people up. And it was awesome. But it was awesome particularly because he did one thing that he was very, very known for. And that was doing the splits between chairs. So have one chair under one leg, another chair under the other leg. And he would split. He would do the center splits between chairs. And he would maintain those splits. And he would punch in the air. And uh, they even did a spoof on it with a Doritos commercial not too long ago where he was between two Mack trucks and they moved away from each other, and he was going down the highway in the splits. So Jean-Claude Van Damme, that was influential to me as a young martial artist, and so I started practicing the splits. I wanted to be able to do the Jean-Claude Van Damme splits between the chairs, and I practiced, and I practiced, and I'd watch TV, and I would hold a stretch position and just watch TV, and I would move to a front split, try to, like I couldn't, you know, none of this happened at first. The front split, one leg forward, the other leg forward, center splits, just bendies. Can't, how bendy can I be until the point that not only could I do the splits, front splits on both legs and center splits, but my older brother and I used to gather our textbooks from school and they would put them underneath my feet and my brother would push me down so I would do inverted splits. Y'all, things were crazy at the Ritchie household. Things got crazy. All right, question. Can you do that anymore? No, no. (laughs) There is is the... uh, use it or lose it principle. And I haven't used that in a long time. 
a lot of times I was like, you know, man, I really wish that I had maintained that. I really wish that I'd continued to practice that. And so I did at one point try to practice it again. And, um, you know, this is a, this is called a Eustachud injury. So uh, as many of you know, I, I live in New York City and I have lived here since 2001. But uh, before that, I grew up in Alabama. And so a Eustachud injury is an injury because you practice doing something that you used to could do and now you can't do it anymore. And I tried to do... Uh, the splits, I try to get down into it. And I was like, ah, it hurts, but it didn't hurt that bad. Let me push myself farther and farther. And I wasn't close to the splits, but like my pain tolerance for the splits and stretching were fine, where a lot of people are like, oh, that's really scary. That hurts. Um, mine didn't. Now, it, I mean, it did, but I was like, that's just part of it. But it did not override my stretch reflex. And so being in a hyper flexed or stretched position and then the muscle contracting led to a pretty significant tear in my adductor muscles. And every time I moved slightly laterally for about a year, it would re-tear. It would, I would get that Velcro feeling in my inner thigh where it would just scream, you've gone too far, and we've spent a long time trying to patch this up, and now we're starting all over again. So can you stretch too much too fast? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You definitely can stretch too much too fast. But let's talk about it. And does static stretching increase range of motion? Well, I can tell you it does. I, I didn't start doing the splits between chairs because I meditated on it. I, I was stretching. I really focused on stretching, and that was my goal. And I reached the goal. I surpassed the goal. I lost the goal. I tried to attempt it again and got hurt going back. There's just so many stories here. Um, but let's just address the one at hand. Does static stretching increase range of motion? Yeah, because that's all I did. I did static. Well, I mean, I used it. I did a lot of dynamic stretching as a martial artist, and especially uh, also doing martial arts as an acrobat where it was very showy, then it came in really handy. So let's look at some research. Now, do we need research for this? Yeah, let's do it anyway. So we've got a little bit of research, and I'm not going to go hard in the paint with this, but this is uh, uh, Medi Rose, Cine, and Sabruzzi, and Lima, 2016. And they got a bunch of healthy young people and practiced hamstring flexibility. And guess what they found? It increased hamstring range of motion. So you were able to go into that 90-90 position of hip flexion, knee flexion, extend the knee, and increase range of motion from static stretching. There is also... Uh, Menderosa again, Menderosa and Martini 2018. This is the chronic effects of different types of stretching on ankle dorsiflexion range of motion. It is a systematic review and a meta-analysis. Here's the outcome. This is a quote. Uh, the results show that static stretching and proprioceptive neuromuscular facilitation, that PNF or neuromuscular stretching, are effective at increasing dorsiflexion range of motion. Ballistic stretching, which is the bouncing into a stretch, did not show positive results in increasing dorsiflexion range of motion. 
They concluded that chronic stretching is an effective way of improving ankle mobility in healthy individuals, because that was the population they were looking at, especially when it contains a static component. So even if you're going to do neuromuscular stretching, this systematic review and meta-analysis says the neuromuscular facilitation works if there is a static component. Well, then you say the things like this. Well, how long does it last, Rick? How long does the stretch last? I mean, it's kind of the same thing as anything. How long does your core stabilization last? How long do your strength gains last? How long does your VO2 max gain last? How long does anything last if you don't continue to use it? So if you're making the statement, well, how long does it last? Is it over in 20 minutes? Is it over in uh, 20 days? Will it last me 20 years? Uh, nothing is forever. And there are acute and chronic effects for increasing range of motion due to static stretching. Thomas Bianca, Polina, and Palma, 2018, in their article in the International Journal of Sports Medicine, entitled The Relation Between Static Stretching Typology and Stretching Duration. This is an article that I found. Do you ever find you like find something that's really cool and then you're like, oh man, that's great. I can't wait to add that. And I want to talk about it. And then I could not find it. I was looking all over and my producer, Eric, is ready to record. And I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm here. I'm ready. Almost. I've got to find this. Well, this is why I had to find it. I'm going to read this to you. This is this is in part of the abstract because, I, I mean, I could read the conclusion portions as well. The abstract gives us very clear information, but there's some takeaways I want to focus on. Here it says, all stretching typologies showed range of motion improvements over a long period. However, the static protocols showed significant gains when compared to ballistic or PNF protocols. Time spent stretching per week seems fundamental to elicit range of motion improvements when stretches are applied for at least or more than five minutes. And this is over the course of a week, five minutes over the course of the week. Whereas the time spent stretching with a single session does not seem to have significant effects on range of motion gains. Weekly frequency is positively associated with range of motion. Evaluated data indicates that performing stretches at least five days a week for at least five minutes per week using static, static stretches may be beneficial to promote those range of motion improvements. Stretch a little bit every day. Well, I don't know. I don't got time to be stretching every day to amass five minutes of stretching. Now, let's be clear also, that is a five minutes of stretching a particular muscle, right? So if I stretch my hamstring for five minutes, I'm not necessarily going to get hip flexor range of motion. So that might be five minutes right side, five minutes left side, five minutes hip flexor right, five minutes hip flexor left, lat, lat, peck, peck. Oh, man. Why? It'd be easier if I could just do a session of stretching. Actually, an entire stretch, stretching session doesn't seem to be as beneficial as doing a little bit of stretching at a increased frequency. 
don't have to stretch as long. All the stretches are still lasting about 30 seconds. And then take a break and 30 seconds again. And then that's a minute. And then do it again tomorrow and do it again tomorrow. And do it. That seems to increase the range of motion. There's more research that needs to be done on this. But I thought this was a very, very, very interesting piece where, you know, if you just want to do a day of stretching, that's cool. That's cool. You can add that to it. There was a, a study that Brad Schoenfeld had posted recently on his um, Instagram account that also pointed out static stretching. I don't know. I don't remember if it was his research original or if he was pointing out somebody else's because he's good like that. But they held a dorsiflexed position, really, really stretched in dorsiflexion for an hour. Uh, on a, I think it was a scale of zero or one to 10. They were about a seven or eight on their stretch and they maintained it for an hour. And that actually showed increases in uh, protein synthesis and muscle hypertrophy. Oh, I, what's a better way to do it? Probably working out. Um, but it does show that there is a component of tension. So as a muscle stretches, it creates tension and that increased and prolonged Tension over time, time under tension, still a thing. It's still a thing. Uh, does happen to increase range of motion. This stuff's pretty cool. Man, I love, I love exercise science. I love exercise science. Thanks for giving me an opportunity to give some information to you. So if you're working with clients on increasing range of motion, then... You don't have to spend a lot of time stretching, but if you can do that more often and teach, teach them how to fish. Don't just, don't just give them fish, right? Like teach them how to stretch themselves. Don't just do partner assisted and only do partner assisted stretching. You want to teach them how to do these stretches and give them a goal or have them give you something that they can do. And especially putting out this five minutes uh, a week, if you could do a 30 second hold, break for a moment, 30 second hold, and then do that a couple of days a week. And that can give you increased chronic increases in range of motion, not just acute for the time being. That's pretty solid. That is pretty solid. So thank you. Like, subscribe, share with your fitness friends and family. And if you don't mind, leave a review. Uh, the reviews really do help. They, they drive up the ability for people to find the podcast as, as do uh, uh, the likes and subscribe. So that, but leaving a review is also very helpful for me because it gives me feedback on presentation, on content. So thank you for that. If you have done it and I have seen increases, so your peers are out there and they've provided some feedback if I can get you to do that too. I would greatly appreciate that. I've got more static stretching and stretching content to come. So stick around. You want to ask me a question? I just recently got a question. I'll look at answering that in the next week or so. So if, uh, if you have questions you want to ask me and I can answer those on the podcast, hit me up on Instagram at dr.rickritchie or you can email me rick.ritchie at nasm.org. Thanks for listening. Keep inspiring people out there to become fitter. Uh, thank you so much. This has been the NASM CPT podcast.